everyone. My name is Trish, and today we have a very special guest, which is Wayne from the Swanson Family Forum. Hello, Wayne, and thank you so much for being here. Hey, Trish. How you doing? I'm doing great. Good. Good. So can you tell us a little bit about the farm? Sure. Uh, Swanson Family Farm began as a 30-acre hobby farm. Mm-hmm. Um, where we did everything, vegetables, fruits, muscadines, fruit trees, uh, pretty much every animal I could get out there we had that was uh, protein, pigs, sheep, cows, chickens, turkeys. Uh, and over the years, we kind of streamlined that down to just pretty much doing beef and lamb. Uh, so we, we, we've, uh, we've grown now to where we also have people growing product for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and we're growing in terms of we're doing leases now and leasing other property. I think that's amazing. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but I just want to know starting a farm, you had to have had that in your blood to start off with that many animals and doing vegetables as well. Who taught so, those things or what you self-taught or... Yes and no. Give credit where credit is due. Um, My father is one of 21, and he was raised on a farm. Um, My mom is one of 13. She was raised in the city, Mm -hmm. but when she was, um, she moved um, to where my my grandparents lived. So summers, we we went to my grandparents' house. We didn't go to camp. We didn't do any of that stuff. So I was immersed in the Southern, even this is New Jersey, all my people are from the South. Mm-hmm. I was immersed in Southern culture mm-hmm. and immersed in the agricultural culture of, you know, black farmers. Okay. So not understanding that everybody's grandma didn't have uh, tables and tables full of sweet potatoes in their basement mm-hmm. and pickled eggs and pig feet and could kill a chicken and cook it. Um, I thought everybody's grandma did stuff like that. Right. So uh, when I get out of college and get married, my son brings a cabbage plant home. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know what to do with that. I, I know how to plant a garden. Mm-hmm. My grand- I used to have my grandmother. So let me show you. Mm-hmm. And that just springboarded to later that season, a bigger garden. Next year, a bigger garden plus chickens. Now I'm touring and going around looking at everybody's farm so I can see what I, what I could do differently. This yeah, is before yeah. the word edible landscape was around. Mm-hmm. And before all this stuff was popular, uh, I just had taken my bushes out, planted blueberry bushes, planted grapes on the trellis because I thought it would be pretty and I could get some grapes from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was hustling eggs like a dope dealer out the backyard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then a buddy of mine, who was, his wife is from New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. So she was so far ahead of us on clean food. Mm -hmm. She was loving our stuff because she she was telling me that it reminded her of what they did in New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. And um, so then one day he was going from his house and he called me and said, man, I found your farm. You should go buy it. And I went down there the next day to look at it and I bought the farm. That's that's how it started. That's the whole thing. It it was all meant to be. And one thing I find amazing in what you just said is that you didn't miss a beat. You was immediately able to pass down your knowledge from childhood to your son. So now he can pass it down to his family. 
Well, you know how it is. Same thing mm-hmm. happened to me. You know, my dad was showing me how to do breaks or something, and you yeah. get prepared, but you get cool, and uh, you hope that you don't lose it because you can't make yeah. them do stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, I think that my son has retained a bunch because he was the help, mm-hmm. um, and I don't. I'll, he won't realize it until he's a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he, he's a he was a, a great great success, and how he would how we knew how good he was at it. Mm-hmm. We would go places and they'd have like wild cows and the people be like, man, we're not going in there to get those cows. And me and him would show up and he'd be like, just stay here, man. Let me give me 30 minutes. I'll have the whole herd up here. Oh, and wow. people would be like, you're going to let him go by himself. I'm like, he's 18. Mm-hmm. He's fast. And he'll come back. And if you told him, he, if he knew what we were going to get number 16 and 17, he'll come back with 16 and 17. See? Let me and, ask you this. Um, yeah. How did the cabbage grow? Did, was it successful? It was. It was a red cabbage. That, you're <laughs> the only person who has ever asked that. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. Curious minds want to know. It was a red know. cabbage, and it was delicious. Oh, wow. And our neighbor down the street, her name is Miss Beulah. She's from Low Country, South Carolina. <laughs> and she cooked that with some rice and beans. And I just remember the cabbage was delicious. Right. Because I had Sounds never... Good. I never cooked the whole cabbage before, like cut it up and cook it. Mm-hmm. You know, we we in our mid twenties, so everything we was twenty six, twenty seven. No, we thirty by then. Yeah. But we was you know making some money, so we was eating at Olive Garden and doing all okay. the other stuff you do when you think you're a bubby. <laughs> I wanted to ask you. You you mentioned something along the lines of that you uh, lease from other lands, or, or mm-hmm. how does that work? So two ways, I can come in and help you as the agricultural professional and my payment is the teaching. Okay. Or I just, we do a contract and a lease. Um, Well, three ways. And the other way is that I come in and show you how I want the cows raised and you raise them that way and I will buy them for you a little bit above market price. So that that way I'm certain that you make a profit and I'm certain that I don't have to raise everything on my own. So tell us, or if we were interested in that, or if someone listening interested in that, how do we, what would be the first step into reaching out to you for that? First step is make sure you got good fences. Okay. Uh, If you have good fences, water source, um, and you have some decent grass that we can um, do a grass-based process, yeah, call me. Just send me a note on uh, Facebook, Instagram, or an email. Uh, okay. and I'd love to talk to you about it. Do you have a website yet? We can post. Oh, absolutely. We do everything on a website. All our ordering is via the website. Okay. So that's uh, SwansonFamilyFarmLLC.com. Okay. And from there, uh, because I just want to see, that's an option. And I think that's something we all need is an option instead of, um, it, if it's something we don't want to do ourselves. Is, is that how it works? If, if say, for example, XYZ had some land and maybe an elderly person wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, strong enough to farm on it. Is that where you can come in as well? I can. And each situation is a little different. Like the one I have now, I paid to fix the fences. Um, they needed, I, I paid to fix the fences. I gave them 20 layer hens, two barn cats, and provided a little bit of expertise. Um, and they got two cows out of it, two yearlings and then we're moving so i'm moving from there that was a six-month arrangement 
Okay. Um, Let me ask you this. I don't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry, yeah. but as someone who have no knowledge of this, what prompted the connection between that person and you? That person needed what? It's generally based on relationships. Somebody that knows the person with land knows me and says, hey, Wayne doing cows and he's a good guy. He'll honor his word and he'll pay what he says he's going to pay and do all that good stuff. No. Uh, and then, they'll, then I'll go do a visit and make sure that they are who they are. Um, I, I need to work with people who are comfortable who they are and where they are. And that doesn't mean that you want to stay there. It just mm -hmm. means that you're not um, thinking that you're something that you're not. Right. Because that's going to mess up both our money. Question. That yes. person that had the six-month agreement, initially, what were they needing before they reached out to you? They didn't know. That's why I only did six months. Oh, okay. They had just bought the place. They weren't mm -hmm. sure. Um, I even told the guy, I said, man, you don't want to, you don't want to do a written contract. Mm -hmm. He's like, why? I said, because you're going to change so many times from now in six months. I was like, and if we do a written contract, I'm going to make you stick to whatever you write. So right. your business may go left. My business is what my business is. Exactly. So, like, okay. So just, just to clarify, this person was someone who was interested in the farm life, bought some land. And then just didn't have the knowledge that they needed. And your expertise came in to assist in terms of fencing cows mm -hmm. and guiding them through um, which animals. So starting out, say you have the land, what is the best animal to start with? The best, it's not necessarily what animal, it is the temperament of the animal. Mm. So one of the things for us, particularly, uh, and I don't know what your audience is made up of, but for the most part, Black people were bought here so that America could make money off of us. Mm. That's just what it is. Mm -hmm. uh, so when you, we go into a space where America doesn't think that we have a, some expertise, people are going to try to sell you their problem. Right. They're not going to sell you something that's going to help you make your life good. They're going to sell you the problem. The cow that kept getting out the donkey that kicks, the horse that's stubborn, mm -hmm. um, the dog that, you know, you can't ride a bike around or you can't get on a tractor because it's going to bite everything. Um, so you need to study. And I don't hear people talk about this enough. Let me tell you how long I, I studied for five years mm. in my backyard okay. before I even entertained the idea of buying land. And people don't have the patience. So what's going to happen is a lot of you, not, this is not personal. I'm just, this is real like any other business. Right. You don't just open up a Subway sandwich shop, right? right? You need to study everything there is about the economics of that business. Mm -hmm. who, you're, who you're marketing to, who's coming in, what your traffic patterns. People seem to think that you can just jump into agriculture, just jump in, just... Right. I hear it all the time. God told me to buy land. I'm going to be a farmer. Okay. Mm -hmm. And when everybody dies and you say, well, I had to learn that lesson. No, you didn't have to learn that lesson because you could have studied. Right. You could have studied. Right. So a lot of people are getting bad uh, advice. One, you're not mm -hmm. studying. And then two, everybody just needs, I try my best to deal with people who don't need to take pictures. Because the people who need to post, it, like as soon as you do something and they need to post it on Instagram, 
but they're not posting it like, look at what I learned. They're posting it like, hey, look, I started farming last week. I'm an expert. Right. You can't teach them anything. Right. They're not there to be taught. Right. They want to look away. Mm-hmm. And I'm where I'm at because I learned first. I became an expert in my field. Um, and then was very quiet about it. I'm still pretty quiet about it. I make it look really small. Yeah. Um, I don't make it look like it's a huge, huge deal. And I try to learn something. So as soon as I do something, I like, oh, you know what? I did a video this weekend on how to, on a lease we're picking up, how to trap invasive feral hogs. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. For me, I, in my mind, we're still in a pandemic. And mm-hmm. just say I wanted to get your expertise or needed an expertise in terms of being coached. Do you have like a video package, like something somebody like me would want online? No, we don't. We don't need to because the package needs to be totally tailored to your situation. Okay. And that's it. Where you're, if you're paying me, I don't want to give you what worked in New Haven, Connecticut. Exactly. You're not in New Haven, Connecticut. Well, see, I didn't so, even know how how what your range was. You know, we both from Georgia. Yeah, I don't know well, I mean, I'm all over. I've Georgia. helped people in California. I've helped people in Canada, the Virgin mm-hmm. Islands. Um, yeah, just we need to look at your situation. And then what I do is, it's not so much as it's not so much as my knowledge base as it is my Rolodex. Got it. So you may be in Alabama, but you're not getting the focus you need from say your uh your extension agent i may know somebody to say hey uh mrs jones is here she needs help and this and they can call them put a call in for you that agriculture is is, is relationships right and if you don't so have those relationships they ain't giving you that information because yeah. their granddaddy went broke trying to figure mm-hmm. it out so people take ag stuff very seriously i'm learning that I'm learning that. So basically what I just learned from you is that you're not limited to Georgia or the United States. You're willing to consult from wherever they are around the world. I've consulted. And matter of fact, the the last big consult I had was for a marijuana company here in Georgia that was applying for the license. And I just got an email today that they got their license. Okay. You know what? Um, what I learned is when, like, I'm up to, I have like maybe 18 chickens and I, um, do you have a fly problem in your chicken coop? Not anymore. I'm speaking Mm -hmm. on one year ago in the beginning when it returned hot and I Mm -hmm. saw those flies, I ran, I just could not, I was just like, I had to call. How'd you solve that problem? Well, I started using the, uh, Damascus. I don't know what's Uh, the name of it. Um, the, something, the, the moscas or something, and then I've got the you fly trap. mess the word up. Diatomaceous earth. Yes. <laughs> and then I um, got some fly traps, mm-hmm. and then I just made a point to cleaning the coop every Sunday. Okay. I can so, tell you it, there's a method. I, I, I no longer have any type of floor in any chicken coop that I do. Any wood, it's all straight to the ground. Oh yeah, mine's too. Yeah, on the ground, I try to keep six to eight inches of material, um, leaves, 
wood chips. Wood chips. I, I dump the shredder in there from when we shred mm-hmm. paper. And that lets the chickens keep turning over the soil mm-hmm. and it gets rid of the manure. But then underneath the soil, all of the invertebrate life and all of the little lizards that they don't eat, mm-hmm. eat the larvae of the fly. Oh, wow. So you end up, in, and the chickens with the manure end up heating up that uh, compost so much that it kills a lot of stuff. So I wet it down once a week or depending on the season. And uh, I never, we, my, you could go in my barn, I could have 20 cows in there, some pigs, 30 mm-hmm. chickens, and it's not going to smell like the zoo because yeah. I deep bed method everything. I ended up, I, I, put it, I put it in a trash can and then I turn it and I add um, wood chips. I add just different yeah, put that stuff. In the and I just, I, the that's, how, that's what I garden with. Yeah, let the chickens yeah. turn it. Yeah, that's the only dirt I use for gardening. Yeah. And so since I'm saying, I, don't, you don't have to, the whole point of how, just getting into the profitability piece mm-hmm. of farming is that the, the animals need to be the employees. So they need to do the work. Okay. So why I could be profitable on less land with smaller animal situation is not the product that I'm selling. I don't have the bills you got. So what are some of the ways that as a, a new farmer or just in farming, you can earn an income to keep it sustainable? Um, the, the way you can earn an income and keep it sustainable is listen to the market. So find out what people are asking for near you. Are eggs a problem? then maybe you can come in and sell boutique eggs to your community. And if you can grow that business, um, you know, you can get up and do something else. Maybe now you take your older hens and and make them stew meat birds and sell them. Um, But the biggest thing is to make your animals work for you. So you could sell five gallon buckets of composted chicken litter. Uh, And the chickens are turning it constantly. Mm-hmm. You have to keep a deep bed with, uh, you know, raw materials, your grass clippings, your leaves, wood chips, um, sticks, anything in there that would get it to break down and use the animals as the employees. A lot of people mm-hmm. pay money for fly control, pay money mm-hmm. for extra soil. If we're talking small, if we're home-based operation, your animals yeah. provide all that. You just have to have the patience that comes with being a farmer, also known as an agriculturalist. We do okay. things on lunar cycles, on uh, seasonally. So this whole thing where people are rushing into mm-hmm. agriculture, just it's, if you just slow down and stop being excited about it, you realize mm-hmm. it's ridiculous to be thinking you're going to get something quick out of this. It's you know what? I think my chickens owe me some money, if that's the case. They so the way do. they can they can actually support me or just any person who's willing, who's wanting to make a profit is through the eggs and selling the dirt that they turn. Absolutely. Oh wow. Absolutely. So you you look at your eggs and just to do a, a simple balance sheet, right? Mm-hmm. How much is how much how many bags of feed are you feeding them um, a week or a month? How many bags of feed? I'm going to ask a serious question. Two. Do you know? Two. Two. Okay. Uh, how much is each bag of feed? Um, anywhere between $12 and $14. Okay. So what's we'll say but 14 I also, I also give them um, 
leftover vegetables and fruit or anything like that that I'm not going to eat if they're able to, you know, I, I feed them treats. Okay. So you got 28 bucks. So in order for you to be profitable, we're not talking about what it costs to get the chickens or what it costs to get the crew. I really okay. would talk about that. But right now we're just being simple. Mm -hmm. So I'm selling, depending on your neighborhood and what your market can bear, right. I'm selling $5 a dozen eggs. Okay. And if you live in a subdivision, I'm letting everybody know, as long as it's not illegal and you're not the bad neighbor with your chickens. Right. Um, you should be at 20 some odd chickens. You should be getting two or three dozen eggs a day. Okay. I do. You should be making your feed, the, the bill for your feed every day. Mm. Great idea. That's the first thing. First thing you do is knock out all your expenses. How do I knock my expenses out? I'm selling the product that my animals are giving me. Everything okay. else is value added. So I just started um, red worm. I just made a, a red worm bed. Mm -hmm. And um, I was surprised. I wasn't, I, I didn't get it into, I, I got it to, to assist with composting. But mm -hmm. I've had at least five people ask me for worms. Yep. And I didn't, uh, I didn't, a, I didn't a can even of them, right? Huh? A can of them. And then if you yeah. have red wigglers, that's also, you know, you, you shouldn't be spending. I don't know if you should be buying two bags of feed for your right. hands. Why is that? Because if, you, if your worms are jumping up, dump the worms in there. Take okay. the worm, take a, a board, put a brick on top of it, mm -hmm. dump a coffee can full of worms in your chicken coop. Put okay. the board over it. Right. Let the worms, give them a chance to get established deep. Mm -hmm. The chickens will then, this is what we do. The chickens then, once they, they know the worms are in there, okay. and they're going to dig for them. Mm. And it will completely bring up the good, rich, nitrogen-rich soil at the bottom of the coop to mm -hmm. the top. Wow. So it's going to always turn. So that's, it's a compost bin. It'll get to the point where deep bed methods that in the wintertime, like people are like, what do you do for your chickens in the winter? Nothing. God did everything he, that he needed them to have. He gave yeah. it to them. Because I definitely cold, heard the, the, the heater yeah. is not safe. No. It's heater for a bird. They insulate it. Okay. And again, it's buying the right bird. So I don't buy birds with a big fat cone because we're going right. to hit some cold days and it's going to be, you know, they can get frostbite on their cones. So, but they'll dig down into that earth because it's compost. The heat from the compost is keeping mm. the coop warm. Mm. So you just got to get out their way. We got to stop being so arrogant that we think we can improve on nature's plan. If you can focus and allow the animal to do what God intended it to do, you, it will feed you. That doesn't mean a profit. That means it'll feed you. Right. Yeah. And really that's profit in itself. Just being fed by the animals. Right. Because it really feels good to have some sense of food security um, through the animals and through raising them and the whole nine. But you said that the Swanson Farms Right now, you're just doing lamb and which other animal? We're, we're in transition. We sold our home okay, um, so that we could be in position for two things. I, I see a couple of things come. I think a bunch of people went out and bought some land. Um, and I don't, I don't think that they are prepared for what it's going to take. And they're going to be selling land in a couple of years real cheap. Mm -hmm. So I want to be in position to buy as much of it as I can. Absolutely. 
also understanding my corporate background, I need to be in place so that I can be at a desk a whole lot more. Right. Uh, so I kind of outsourced the majority of raising product. Mm. So I don't have to, even when I had my place, I was no longer taking the animals to the butcher. Mm. I made the deals with the other farmers that they had to drop them off and I would pick up the product. Okay. Um, so that's, that was important to me. So how do you even get started? Do you just kind of search for, I mean, in terms of leasing uh, land? Uh, again, a lot of it was relationship, um, but some of it is just getting on Craigslist and seeing stuff and talking to people and getting on farming blogs and chats, finding it's, out who's doing what and yeah. what you need and buying stuff from people and then saying, hey, man, would you raise these cows for me if I paid you? Yeah. Right. Okay. And that's a form of leasing. So you're not really, you're leasing the land, but basically the negotiation is basically you using it to raise something or grow something. Yes. But I mean, in some cases I'm doing full on leases. I had a guy who seven, eight years ago, his kids were like 10, 11, and 12. Mm-hmm. And every year they wanted to raise, each one of them raised a cow, but they needed a place to sell it. Well, I told him, I said, man, as long as your kids are interested, I will be that place to sell those cows. Uh, So for six, seven years, I had a guaranteed thousand pounds, four or 5,000 pounds of product that I never had to touch. Exactly. That was the best product because each of these kids was babying their cow. They wanted their cow to be bigger than their brothers. Mm -hmm. So they were absolutely babying them. Um, this wasn't a clean grass fed situation, but when something is raised like that with love and tenderness, mm-hmm. it's still a good product. Exactly. So I just let my clients know, Hey, I've got a, a grain based or an animal that had a lot more um, feed than what we normally do. Are you interested? So, okay. uh, and then there's just like what I'm working out now down in Albany, it's a straight, we're going to have a contract and everything. Because it sounds like that's definitely an option for some people. And that option may work better than just buying the land, especially if you're not knowledgeable enough to maintain it or know what to do with it. It's well, just you still have to have a market. Yeah. Still have to know how to get it to market. Um, so I, I caution everybody. Competition is great. I love it. I don't, I don't, I'd say there's no competition in the, uh, there's no competition in in business, right? I have a product, you have a product. We need to just focus on our product. But you got to learn some stuff right? um, before you run out there. If you went out there and you just took a lease, but you don't have a market, what are you going to do at the end of that lease when the guy is like, well, hey, man, I'm about to bring horses in. You got to get your 12 cows out of here. Mm -hmm. You don't have a market for them cows. You don't have another place for the cows to go. So there's some steps we got to take first. Right. And and even in this conversation, people miss the research and the study steps. And they want to go straight to how do I get on land? So before you even think about leasing the land, according to what you just said, you need a plan. You need a plan. Upon upon leasing that land. Any other business. This is the thing that I say on every Zoom call, every meeting, every if I'm doing leadership stuff, this is no different than you saying you want to open up a Chick-fil-A franchise. Mm-hmm. If you want to go into business of agriculture, you need right. a plan. You need to talk to a CPA. Mm-hmm. You need to find out what's out there for you tax-wise 
or what the burdens are. I made a $30,000 tax mistake. Wow. Yeah, I had to pay it. Because yeah. I was thinking like everybody else, farmers don't pay taxes. That ain't true. That, that's what I thought. Of. No. So farmers do pay taxes. Yes. Really? Yes. Where did that come from when they say, just put a four-leg animal on your property to, if you don't <laughs> want to pay taxes? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I do not know. But it's okay. a business. So you have to, you have, to have those conversations um, and know all this stuff before going in. What kind of insurance can you have? Mm. What won't, you know, like I didn't know. Luckily, I was an insurance professional before right. I got into this. So I didn't know that most carriers didn't want to... Um, insure horned cattle. I have horned cows. So as I grew and went looking for insurance and a guy Mm -hmm. came out, two of them just left. I was like, hey, that you had the street? Yeah, no, you got horned cows. We're not insured. Sorry. Oh, wow. I got another appointment. So upon leasing the land, choosing the animal that you feel comfortable with in terms of marketing. And again, we're talking about farming as far as a business, not necessarily as just something personal. But on right. the business side of it, you have to have insurance. Is it insurance on each farm animal or is it a whole? It's a, a, whole, it's a whole policy. Okay. Um, but you want to cover insurable. all the animals. Even before you get insured, you have to make sure that all the regs have been met. The regulations for your city, the regulations for the your zoning. state. Yeah, all the zoning stuff before they'll give you insurance. And that costs as well. Uh, in some cases, but in the state of Georgia, most of that is 100 bucks a pop, 100 bucks a year. Okay, which well, that's not too bad. No, not not very bad at all. They're they're doing a good job of making it appropriate. But so even if you're a, a homestead person, like you're a homestead and you want to sell your excess product, right? Anything that you grow in the state of Georgia, you can put a little stand out and you can sell it from your property. Right. With, you don't need to do anything. As long if you grow it on your property, you can sell it in Georgia. Okay, that's good. Glad to be part of Georgia. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Georgia. Shout so uh, upon, so you're going to, first you want to have connections. You want to network, find someone that you can comfortably lease land from, make the agreement, make sure all the regulations are intact, make sure everything is insured. And definitely we just learned you got to pay taxes. Got to pay taxes. And backing up to that relationship piece, a lot of people in agriculture is a lifestyle. Yeah. And they want to make sure you're serious. So if you got chickens, I I highly advise you to join one of the backyard chicken clubs. Yeah. Because the stuff that you'll learn on those blogs and on those pages. Yeah. Is, is, is invaluable. Yeah. I know I'm I'm in, I'm in tons of chicken groups and we all, and I learned from, you know, the candling that was new for me in the beginning. Um, learning that you don't need a rooster in order to produce eggs because that was a thing that was stuck in my head. You need a rooster to fertilize eggs, not to produce eggs. We are to fertilize eggs, yeah. Um, And I I mean, it's just a lot. You're right about that to join different groups, clubs, or whatever. And the, the, the other great thing about this is calamity is coming. Mm-hmm. In, in this line of work or in this hobby or in this yeah. producing food. Mm-hmm. A disaster is coming. Yeah. The more of an expert you are at what you're doing, the more you are 
building a hedge of protection against your investment. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know, if you just throw some chickens out there and you can't figure out um, why they keep dying or why the fox keeps getting them or why mm -hmm. they, you know, they got blisters on their feet or mm -hmm. why they're pooping blood, you didn't do your research and you're not listening to people who had the experience to say, hey, I just found out. Don't put your chicks on the ground immediately if you're giving them chick starter. Because exactly. the meds in the chick starter, uh, somehow or other, they'll end up getting coccidia. Or the hardcore people like me will say, at day, day two, get a handful of dirt, throw it in the box with the chicken so that they can get a little bit of mm. the coccidia. Yeah. And that their immune system can start to fight it. Right, and then a little bit of um, apple cider vinegar in their water. I did that a little bit. Yeah, but no, not, none of that. Not because it's in if the food. If you want to be profitable, you have to find the animals that live the way God intended them to. I haven't experienced it yet. <laughs> they, 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 they three, they three different sets, and I have three different coops because I don't know how to make them coexist. But not you're not letting them. They fight. They they gonna fight until they figure it out. They chickens. Let them fight. Let them fight. That's the only way. Every time you separate them, they gotta fight again. Mm. You gotta let that peck in them. You gotta let it let the sun set on them, and you'll see. It. So when you go open your coop in the morning, there are some birds that just absolutely catch fire and bolt the hell out that door, right? They 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 just lazy. They'll go out and uh, when you put them all together, and they had to fight and get a pecking order. There's gonna be some chickens who just absolutely bolt out of there because they don't want to fight. Oh okay, but and I have three different outside, I have three different coops. That's how much money I've spent, and I let them out at separate times. I have somebody oh, yeah, let no. them out because they fight. I don't know how to make them coexist. You can't. They, they'll they'll figure it out, and if you had a rooster, it would all stop. He'd square all that up. I did, and they stumped the mess out of him. Yeah, I when he three, first came in, I, w I went through three roosters, and they I have a group. Uh, I call them my OGs. They don't have it. It's there's no rooster coming in. They submitted to him when they wanted to, but the other times they will beat the mess out of him, and he would just stay on the roof. He just what stayed kind of on the roof. Did you get? Huh? You get a little rooster? He was big, bigger than them. Was he what what kind of rooster was it? That's curious. Uh, uh, an Australorp, I think. Oh, were they were they Australops too? They were Australops too. That's why I tried to make it all one big happy family. Yeah. You might mm -hmm. need to get you something a little more fire in it, like a, a French Moran. Okay. I'm gonna try or, that. Or a Rhode Island Red. Something that ain't gonna take that. You gonna... I don't think I'm I'm gonna try so that when I'm ready for Just grab the girls and like come here and grab them by their neck and put them he on the ground. They stumped him like he stole something. Oh yeah, no, nah, you ain't had a right rooster. They, I mean, he just fly on the roof. He make his way up there and be looking down. Yeah, you get but your I, right I do, um, I do <laughs> let them uh, come out like during the day, and then they go home on their own, and then I everybody just lock everything up. Yeah, let them so, let them out um, with the right amount of feed. And you'll still peck at each other and, and fight. And what will happen is sooner or later, you'll realize they'll start switching coops. Like some of them will be like, well, I don't really like you. I like them over there in coop B. Mm. I'm going to start staying in coop B. 
so is it is it too late since never they kind late. of it's never too late mm. okay. you just gotta be comfortable seeing feathers mm. <laughs> i'm gonna try it i'm while i'm home i'm gonna try it yeah. but anyway let's get back i'm gonna get back because right. that was straight off topic and i know you got things to do no that, that, um, that actually is a great question because somebody's gonna go through that because all yeah. of us go through it that gets started with chickens everybody Okay, so just I guess the best animal to start with is chickens. Uh, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying the best animal to start with is what you are comfortable with. Comfortable I'm a guy who's been breeding lizards and had fish and dogs, so yeah. it was I could step up to bigger animals because I had I've been prepared for it my whole life. Right. But if you've never even had a cat, there may be a couple, uh, you know bantam chickens are what you need to start with so yeah. you can get used to taking care of yeah. animals and then you know gradually raise up and just go from there i just had a free consultation you know that right we all did all uh, of us. i've holding a whole lot back you didn't really get a good consultation we didn't get a good one so is there's more uh, yeah there's, there's a ton more all right so last question would yes, be Farming and agriculture as a business is a good thing. If you have markets. If you have the market in the area that you live in. Yes. And also... um, I I do well farming. um, But also have a very good support system. Okay. So when I was making the mistakes, my wife was very understanding. Mm. Uh, When I went broke doing this, um, I had people that were close to me in my circle that I helped years ago that invested into me and my business. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I've never had to have a bank loan for my business. Uh, And those things allowed me to navigate somewhat differently than people who have a uh, that have a house like a loan loan mm-hmm. on their business you may have to go get another job um I, I didn't have that pressure during the growing stages because I had all that other things those other things covered via my support system do you think it's a wise thing to even get a loan to invest or is it a good thing as long as you have the knowledge uh, I think the the wise thing is to take whatever that money is before you take that loan and mm-hmm. sit down with the CPA if it costs you $500, sit down with the CPA. And once sit we down. talk to the uh, CPA, get all those ducks in order, we can call you, We can call Wayne at uh, Swanson Family Forum. You call me <laughs> after this. Then you call a marketing person. Call a marketing person. And you have them do some research on your product, or you can do the research, but have a, it's, it's money well spent. Okay. Have them do a market research market analysis on the product you want to raise and sell it in your area um and if it's if you don't have market in your area you better look at the gas prices because you're going to be driving on average two to three hours one way to sell product when we went into a pandemic and all the stores were emptied out and i i I read a couple of things where they were forcing uh farmers to dump the milk did they also force farmers to stop selling the meat as well no that that, that's a little bit of a 
that that those are talking about commercial farms. Okay. I can tell you every single farmer that I'm connected with during that pandemic mm-hmm. couldn't raise enough, couldn't hold enough. Mm-hmm. The commercial people, because the USDA was closed during the pandemic, um, you couldn't get people out there to certify your milk or to certify your product. Mm. So it's sad. Some of ours, that happened to a little bit of us. We had some uh, cows hang way too long because the plant kept getting closed down. Okay. So we couldn't use it. But no, that throwing away stuff, that's commercial stuff. That's people who are paying the uh, immigrants 50 cents an hour and all that mm-hmm. nonsense that people were like, well, we ain't coming out there. You ain't paying us anyway. Right. But nobody, when I say nobody from sea to shining sea, you had a farm mm-hmm. and you did not make money during this pandemic, you in the wrong business. Right. And that goes for any future pandemics. <laughs> and that goes for any future pandemics. If you couldn't make money when the damn grocery store was closing, you were the only option. Mm-mm. You in the wrong business. It's time to shut it Do down. Do something else out. <laughs> Do hair. <laughs> Wayne, what would be your 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 last advice for us? Um, I'm definitely going to post ways to reach you. Sure. And um, we learned that you're not limited. So from, we, from anywhere, because you know, I have listeners all over the world. I'm not okay. saying, you know, we know that you're not limited and you are open to having discussions with anyone regardless of where they located did I say that correct correct and because I like to learn so I I love a project so if you tell me you want to grow papaya in Hawaii and you're looking for some expertise I'm I'd love to dig into that to learn one what it takes who you need to know what's the USDA offer so yeah I'm Mm -hmm. all about helping because I love learning not because I know everything right because I love learning and then being able to pass that information on Thank you so much. We learned a lot from you. Thank you. And um, I hopefully this definitely won't be our last conversation. We definitely, whenever you get the opportunity, we can talk about other things and maybe visit some of your, your leasing opportunities that you have. Absolutely. We'd love to have you down. We're working on a big one right now down in Albany. So love to have you down there once we get all the paperwork signed. All right. Thank you so much. You're very welcome.